Alright, turn with me to Romans, the 8th chapter, or not, yeah, the 8th chapter, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Romans, the 8th chapter. I don't know, we, we've lost some people. <coughs> Romans, the 8th chapter, and tell the Lord, they, some of them lost now. Uh, but, um, Romans, the 8th chapter, and we're going to read, to begin reading in the 35th verse. I know this is common language to most of you, common understanding, but uh, that's what I'm going to preach on this afternoon. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And, and, and listen to the things here. Shall tribulation, Romans 8, verse 35, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. We're so thankful that you don't leave us, forsake us, get to a point to where we just grieve you so much that you don't love us anymore. We we're so thankful that doesn't happen. And Lord, I pray as, as I pray and thankful for that, Lord, I, I just pray that you'll help each and every one of us. If we, if we love someone that, that we don't just automatically stop loving them. Lord, we love them right on, regardless of what they do, what they say. We love them right on, Lord, and, and I just pray that you'll help each and every one of us do that, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you'll take care of us and watch over us. And, Lord, I, I pray that you do forgive us. I know that we got personal sin that we need to go to the Lord for quite often. But, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to do that, help us to realize that uh, if, if we have unforgiven sin in our heart, then you're not going to bless us. We're never going to amount to a thing as far as serving you. And, Lord, I just pray that we can go to you and ask you, and you'll forgive us for those things that we do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Conquerors. That's what we are. We never... Lose a battle. Let me say that again. I want you to, I want you to absorb this. We never lose a battle. We win every battle. And then when it's all over, we have won the war. 
You know, you go, you, you, you go regular competition. You know, when they compete, you know, they, they'll be ahead sometime, then they're behind sometime, they're ahead sometime, they're behind sometimes. But the one that wins the game is the one that won the battle. Well, we, we're going to win the game and we're going to win every battle that we come up against if the Lord is on our side. If we're trusting the Lord uh, to, to do for us what he's promised he will do. We are to be conquerors, not victims. Don't ever see yourself as a victim because you are not a victim. If you're saved today, you are not a victim. You, you may think, well, people just do me wrong and people do me every way they, that they think about. They, they cheat, they lie and everything, but you're still not a victim because you are one who will conquer everything that you come up against. There is nothing that is impossible when the Lord is with you. Nothing. Remember that. There is nothing that's impossible. And we, we have so many people that are depressed, that are, that are in, in a way they are down and sometimes they're out and, and sometimes it looks like that they're just not going to make it, but they will and they do if they're trusting the Lord as their Savior. It says that several places throughout the Old Testament. I don't have time to go back in this message and, and, and talk about all of them, but uh, Solomon writes about it many times in his writings. He, he talks about the fact that, that if we trust the Lord, there's nothing that will stand in our way that will stop us from being what the Lord would have us be if we trust the Lord with. But now, if you try to go out on your own, I, I, Brother Sam, uh, he's not here, of course, but, but uh, Brother Sam used to pray. He doesn't pray as much here lately as he used to pray that. But Brother Sam used to pray that help us not to run out in front of the Lord. Help us to wait on the Lord. And I want to tell you, folks, if you'll wait on the Lord, you'll conquer the battle. Jessica, I was just telling them about your, your, your sores and that you got on you places. You know, you, you know, just trust the Lord and, and you'll win the battle. You'll win the battle over those and, 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 and all of it. You know, um, you know, it may be, you may be on your deathbed. You still got to trust the Lord. You know, there, there's some people will never know what it means to trust the Lord until they are on their deathbed. And then, and then there is where they'll really learn to trust the Lord. Cause I want to tell you folks, the Lord will give you grace when the time comes when you need it. I know, I, I know that for a fact. When I passed out at the ball game, Lord gave me more grace than you could, e you could even think about. Gave me more grace. I was laying in ICU and, and Kara called me. I hadn't been in ICU very long, and Kara called me and 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 I said, man, I answered the phone, and I told her then I said, Kara, you, I just did not know what it was like. The Lord will give us grace.
because the Lord gave me grace. Gave me grace all the way through. I mean, it was just, it was there, there, there was absolutely uh, no fear there, none whatsoever. And what a great blessing it is. You know, the Lord says that uh, we're not victims. We, we, we are not to be slaves to the world. You know, that's the problem, that's the trouble that a lot of people get in. They become slaves to the world. They become trusting the world more than they trust God. I've had people say, well, if I don't do this, then uh, I'll lose my job. If I come to church, I'll lose my job. That's not true. That's not true. Because let me tell you, if you really want to serve the Lord, if you really want to serve the Lord, God will put you in a position to where you can serve Him. Ask Michael back there. Michael will tell you. Michael always, Michael always said to us, he said, I wished I could get to where I can come to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights. But where is he now? If, if he misses Sunday or Wednesday night, it's not because he's got a job that keeps him from coming. Because the Lord made a way that he can be in church. Same way with others. We've got others here that had jobs that, that kept them. Uh, on the Lord's day, but God gave them jobs to where they can be free on the Lord's day. I believe that with all of my heart. I'm trying to preach this in a way to where it's a just simple understanding because we're conquerors. We win. We're winners. We win all the way. we winners. It's, uh, it's like Donald Trump says, we're going to win, win, win so much we're going to get tired of winning. Well, we'll never get tired of winning. Not in the Lord's work. You never get tired of winning in the Lord's work. He says, the Apostle John says, For whatsoever, or you can say whosoever, either way is okay, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You know, we, we can overcome the world. Listen, you young people, the world does not have to take a hold of you and keep you down. If you're saved, I've said this many times to young people, I'm watching them just fall by the second. Watching them fall by the minute. They're not, they're not doing what they were taught to do. They were taught to trust the Lord in everything. And the Lord will carry them through. I believe that with all of my heart. There'll, there'll never be a time when they are a victim of anything. You young people... Trust the Lord, and the Lord will bring you through everything. Trust Him. I'm telling you, trust Him. You'll say, well, uh, there's no good boys out there. Yes, there are. There, God's, got, God's got good boys for you. You know, you don't have to jump around with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along. What my mom used to say. My mom used to tell us boys, you know, you just don't need to take up with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes around. Well, well, let me tell you, folks, neither none of you had better not bring a Tom, a Dick, or a Harry to church. Because let me tell you, I told you girls a long time ago, I'm going to be watching y'all. Be watching y'all like hawks. And, and uh, you know, but not let me catch you out with any, just anybody. They'll be scared to death now, Christy. Go anywhere with anybody. 
Well, I told you that, and it didn't scare you. So, but anyway, you got Jim. But no, I'm just cutting up. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, uh, I'm telling you, we we have vic- we're victors. There is nothing that we can't conquer with the Lord fighting in our stead. Now, if we're to understand con- to be how to be conquerors, we must see that we're conquerors in the midst of suffering. And I, I don't don't want to raise your hand because I, I don't want you to maybe raise your hand for some reason other than what I'm asking you. But what I'm asking you was, have you ever suffered for the Lord? Suffered for the Lord. Have you ever suffered for the Lord? Have you ever suffered in, in a way a suffering for the Lord? Have you ever done it? Well... You know, you realize when you do suffer for the Lord, first of all, you have to give in and realize that I'm willing to suffer for the Lord. How many people are willing to suffer for the Lord? If, if I was to ask you today, and don't do it, raise your hand. How many of you be willing to suffer for the Lord? How many raise your hand? Well, what do I have to do, Brother Paul? I don't know. It may be something terrible. But how many of you are willing to suffer for the Lord? Well, let me tell you, you're conquerors in the midst of suffering. Suffering takes in tribulations, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, perils, and swords. You know, the Bible says the righteous will never beg bread. But what if you get to where you can't buy your next meal? You'll say, uh, are there people like that? You hang around. If you come back and hang around with me a couple of three years ago, right here in this building, you would see. Because I used to have people coming in this building when I kept it unlocked, coming in every day begging for money, claim they didn't have nothing to eat. I had a man come to me the other day. And he came up to me. I was coming out of McDonald's. He came up to me and he said, I, he said, preacher, he knew me. Some way he knew me. He said, preacher, I haven't had anything to eat for the last two days. And I believed him. I believe he was sincere. And I gave him enough money to eat on. No, no glory for me. But the fact is, you know, God will take care of you. As I told him, I asked him, I asked him before I gave him money to go into McDonald's, get him something to eat, and he did. He, he took the money and went in and got something to eat. And uh, I told him, I asked him, I said, are you saved? And he said, no, I'm not. I said, uh, well, if the Lord ever saves you, I said, you trust the Lord because the Lord said he'd never seen the righteous begging bread. You'll never go hungry. Suffering takes in even hunger. Suffering takes in not having any money. Suffering takes in distress. When you get distressed with things, that's suffering. And that's for sure, for sure the Lord has said, you know, that he, you can conquer that. All, all there, 
All these things we will suffer, we will not suffer, we will suffer if we follow the Lord. Let's get, let me get this right. We will suffer if we follow the Lord. We are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Always. Now, let, me, let me tell you, folks, uh, uh, I wasn't saved until I was 22 years old. But I, I want to tell you, I look now... And I'm telling you, I know for a fact now, I didn't know it then, but I know now God was watching out after me. I know that. I know God was watching out after me. I know that. I can tell you, I know that, that he was watching out after me. And, and I tell you, folks, and I didn't know, I didn't know it at the time. I know it now, but I didn't know it at the time. I know now that God was watching out after me, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't. But I know it now, he was. I know it now. Whether we know it or not, or whether we care or not, the world always keeps death at the forefront of those who follow the living Lord and Savior. In other words, they say, what's the use? The world says, what's the use in doing this? What's the use of being in church? Well, we got some here that possibly said this afternoon, what's the use of me going back to church? I mean, what, 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 could, what can ever come out of it? I heard the message this morning, why should I go back? Well, you should have come back because you didn't hear this message here. This is, this is a message here that... That you needed to hear. Everybody here this morning need to hear this message. Because we're tied up all the time. I mean, you're, there's some of you got jobs that just tie you up. You know, and they're in, and Tara and Emma, you know, they, they drive about two and a half, three hours to church. I'm telling you, the Lord will take care of you. The Lord will take care of you. That two and a half, three hours won't be nothing. Listen, y'all. Your pastor, your pastor used to drive 365 miles one way to church. When I was serving as interim pastor in Illinois, I used to drive from, from Kentucky to Illinois was 365 miles and I used to drive it every weekend to go up there and preach and I would drive it home and let me tell you this they would not have they had 730 services on Sunday night and I begged and pleaded with them for the time I was there I begged and pleaded with them to move the services up to at least four or five o'clock so I could get out of there in time and get home. Because I had a, I was going to school and I had a seven o'clock class. And I would leave up there sometimes at nine o'clock and go right straight from there, right straight into my class and sometimes I was late. Last time I went up there, 365 miles, 
Last time I went up there, coming back home, I pushed snow up in front of my car. Because it was winter time. I went up there in the summer, and, I, and the last time I was up there was in the winter. And I pushed snow up in front of my car. But the Lord took care of me. I pushed snow up in front of my car when I got to Vincennes, Indiana, got ready to go across the bridge into Kentucky. It quit. Pretty weather. Pretty weather. Beautiful weather. I mean, it was nice. It was late at night, but it was nice. Moon was shining bright. No snow. Wasn't even cold. You know, I thought when I was driving, I was by myself. Because Rhonda, she she only went with me. She was uh, carrying Shelly at that time. I believe it was Shelly. She was carrying Shelly at that time, and, and she wasn't able to make that trip. But I came by myself out there around 3 o'clock in the morning, pushing snow up in front of my car, and I thought, well, I'm doomed. It's over. That's what I thought. But then I came to Vincennes, Indiana. I went through Vincennes, Indiana, got on the bridge, goes over into Louisville, Kentucky, and boom. Beautiful. Beautiful weather. Rest of the way. Lord will take care of you, I'm telling you. It's only you that don't want to suffer for the Lord. It's only you that don't want to suffer for the Lord. You know, you can complain all you want to, but it's you that don't want to suffer for the Lord. If you want to suffer for the Lord, you'll be here in the Lord's house. You'll do everything you can to get here. If you want to suffer for the Lord. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? 1 John 5 and verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? It's he that believeth that Jesus is is the Son of God. The diabolical opposite of this, of the preceding, are those who don't really believe in the Jesus of the Bible. You know, a lot of people believe, the devil believed. Everybody, there's not a soul in here, you can ask them, they'll say, I believe in Jesus. You can ask anybody out there, they'll tell you the same thing. But what Jesus do they believe in? Do they believe in a Jesus of their own uh, uh, figmentation of their mind? Or do they believe in the Jesus of the Bible? The one that promised us he will be with us, he'll never forsake us, and he'll take care of us. Now, if we're to understand being conquerors, we must see that we're more than conquerors. Now, that's something now. It's one thing to conquer, but it's another thing to be more than a conqueror. You know, if, if you've whipped something, then you can sit back and say, well, I whipped that one. But let me tell you, folks, what is it, what is it to be more than a conqueror? What does that mean? What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? That's what he says here. He says we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What does that mean? Saul of Tarsus was a conqueror in his lost state as a persecutor of the Christians. Every Christian he went after, he got him. He was a conqueror. 
Every one, every one he went to get, he got them. When, when, when on the road to Damascus, he was carrying papers for Christians that he was supposed to go and get, either bring them back in or kill them. It, it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a capture them or kill them. That's that's what Saul of Tarsus did. Who was Saul of Tarsus? Well, he's eventually Paul. The one that's called the Apostle Paul in the Scriptures. But he became more than a conqueror when he preached the gospel as the great Apostle Paul. He was more than a conqueror. You listen, yes, he conquered every Christian that he went after. He brought them back, either dead or alive. He brought them back. But when he went out there and preached to them then... The Bible teaches that as more than a conqueror. He was more than a conqueror. You know, you can conquer a lot of things, but you're more than a conqueror when you're able to witness and tell someone what the Lord has done for you. That's more than a conqueror. We too are conquerors when we, when, when we were in the lost world and, and, and undone. Sad to say, there are some who make a profession of faith that still think they can conquer the world by themselves. It, 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 it just, it blows my mind when I hear these preachers on television saying, we're going to conquer the world. You're not going to conquer the world. You're not going to do any more to the world than what I do. All, all you've got is the same tool I've got. Preach to them. Preach to them. Preach to them, and you become more than a conqueror. Someone asked me a few years back right here in Lyons. They had a liquor store here that some of the Christians decided, some of you are too young to know because you were too young, but they had a liquor store down there on uh, um, Highway 292 that they. some of them called me up and said, we're going to we're going to walk uh, in front of that liquor store. Said all we're going to do is just carry signs and and tell them, you know, says you know that they need to shut their doors. And I asked, they asked me. They said, "Will you go with us?" I said, "No." I said, "That won't do any good." They said, "Oh yes, we believe it will." I said, it "Won't do any good." I said, "You know what will do that liquor store owner good?" Lord saves him. Take him out of that business. You know, that that's the key to it right there, folks. His salvation. The key to it is salvation. To be more, more than a conqueror, we must ourselves be conquered by the grace of the Almighty God. God must conquer us first before we become more than conquerors. You know, when grace overcomes us, then we're conquered. And when we go out and we preach to others, we're more than conquerors then. We're more than conquerors. If, if we, if we only see ourselves as victims, then we're going to live a life like that, being a victim 
every time we turn around. It is not enough to be an overcomer. We must be entirely surrendered and completely, entirely surrendered completely to the Lord as we work for Him. And lastly, this afternoon, if we're to understand being conquerors, we must see that we are more than conquerors through Him. Now, we just talked about that, but we want to talk about it a little more. We must stop and realize that the power to be a conqueror is not in us. It don't matter just how long you've been coming to Landmark Baptist Church. If you don't go out and witness, you'll never be more than a conqueror. If you don't go out and witness, you'll never use what God gave you when he saved you. It, 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 it admires me how that people are ashamed to say anything about their church or their pastor. They're ashamed. They really are. There, there, there's a, there's a girl that all of us know well. She, she lives over, she, she lived in Perry, Georgia. I guess she still does. And constantly, constantly she's putting on Facebook about how great the church is she goes to. Should put you to shame. It should put you to shame. I remember Emily and I were in Augusta. We'd gone up there to see to see them. That's when Emily was what before Emily was ever married. And we were in a Target store. And Emily went up and introduced me to one of the church members at the church, the Armenian church that she was going to at that time. That's for the Lord Savior. And I shook hands with that lady, and, and Emily introduced her, me to him, and and told her that I was I pastored a church. First thing that lady said to me, first thing she said to me came out of her mouth. She said, "You need to come and hear my pastor preach." She said he's a great preacher. And I thought when she said that, well, what am I? Am I just uh, some kind of mush? She said, he's a great pastor, great preacher. She just totally ignored it that Emily told her that I pastored a church. She was so enthused with her church and her pastor that she was able to go and tell them, well, where are we sit? Where are we sit today? Where are we? We think we have the power to conquer. It's not in us. It's not in us. It is not in intelligent plans and organizations. It is not in, uh, but it is, but it is God who works in and through us to do what He would have us do. I got one scripture I want you to turn to. Philippians 2. I've read this. You folks know it. I've read it several times. Over the years, Philippians 2 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, 
but now much more in my absence. See, there's a thing right there. When the witness is absent, when the testimony is absent, when the church is not in view, then we figure we can get by with anything we want to get by with. But it's not true. You can't do it. Look what Paul says here. Wherefore, my beloved, as we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as light in the world. You can't do it yourself. You've got to have something inside of you working inside of you. You've got to have something in there that's working. There, there is no way that, that, that I've ever had the power to stay in the pulpit for 50, almost in my 53rd year. You've got, that power has got to come from somewhere else. It, it, it's got to come, it's got to come from something else for you to overcome your problems that you have in the world. You're afraid you're going to irritate one of your friends. You've got to get power from somewhere else to quit that, worrying about that. You're afraid you're going to hurt one of your associates. You've got to get up, you've got to get the power to overcome that. If I tell people who I am, I'm a child of God, they won't nothing to do with me anymore. you got to get the power to come over, overcome that and not worry about it, not be concerned about it. It was a great apostle Paul who said, but thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. In Revelation we read, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Talking about that great multitude that's going to be standing there at at heaven's door. They're going to be standing there ready to go in, ready to take up their take up their place in heaven. The Bible says they're all there because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is what gave them the power to overcome. And that and what blood of the Lamb is what gave them the power to be there. And in conclusion, my advice to all of you is to cling to the blood and the two-edged sword, which is the Word of God. Cling to it. Cling to it, cling to it. Don't ever let it go. Now, I'm not talking about the way Roman Catholicism teaches. They have a they have a crucifix. They wire around their neck. And that's when they say cling to it. That's what they cling to. That's why we don't sing the song that we sing when 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 they talk about clinging to the cross. We don't cling to the cross. We look to Jesus. That's why the song was changed in, in our hymnal. It was rewritten. We look to Jesus. We don't look to we don't look to those those uh, temporal things like crucifixes and, and, and a statue of Mary and, 
and, and all those things in order to get us through the day. We cling to Jesus. We cling to the blood of Christ that's, that washed us and cleansed us. We cling to the Word of God that teaches us how we should live our lives and what we should do. And I hope and pray you get something out of these messages today. Let's all stand, if you would. Let's form a circle.